Hey everybody, I'm Nicholas Black, this is the Goth Geek Podcast, episode 11. Today's topics, we're going to discuss some more Star Wars stuff, it seems to be in the news everywhere lately, with all the different spinoffs coming up, and last week's Mandalorian episode, and then we're going to discuss Dungeons and Dragons, uh, a little bit about the history why you should be playing it, uh, regardless of what fandom you follow, or if maybe it's just you're a goth and you're not really into the geeky stuff, Dungeons & Dragons is still something you can play and enjoy. You can be the, like the most badass goth creature or person or character. But regardless, before we get into all of that, as always... Like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Goth Geek, or check out our Etsy shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash goth geek, where you can find all our cool and neat coffin dice sets, dice trays, dice towers. Posters, jewelry, Christmas ornaments, or holiday ornaments, depending on what you're celebrating. Uh, so all sorts of neat, geeky, goth, morbid, dark, nerdy things. So, let's talk about Star Wars. So the big rumors are right now that Hayden Christensen is going to be coming back to be Darth Vader for the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series or limited series. So that's pretty big news. Uh, Ahsoka is going to get her own standalone series with uh, Rosario Dawson. I think that's how you pronounce her name. I'm horrible with names, as I've said before, so please, I apologize. Uh, The Bad Batch, which was talked about months ago. More news on that uh, release date. Uh, Bad Batch flying the clone troopers that were in uh, the Clone Wars cartoon animated series uh, that were experimented on. They weren't exactly normal clone troopers. Uh, so we're going to get a standalone series from them. Uh, and then uh, we know it'll be one Kenobi or, or Kenobi series is going to be uh, starting March of next year. Uh, but that's pretty much it. We, we, the big one is that, you know, Darth Vader is going to be on there, uh, play more of a pivotal, pivotal role. Uh, clone trooper Cody apparently is going to be on there. This is information that I've gotten from multiple sources, uh, just online, the Nerdist and Geek and Sundry and comic book, uh, resource.com and things like that. So these are not exactly newsworthy. Um, if you're if you're following any of this stuff, you already know. Uh, but if you're not following, then you may not know, and so you're learning uh, this right now. But yeah, so we've got a lot of Star Wars stuff coming up. Pretty amazing time. We went from what twenty years with nothing from the original trilogy to the prequels. At least twenty years. And then from the prequels to where we're at now, it was kind of off and on. 
they got the Clone Wars cartoons in there, uh, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so it's been kind of a crazy roller coaster ride. And now, with the Mandalorian really taking off, they're just really just going full throttle. So let's talk about last week's episode, just real brief. Um, we all kind of thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. Uh, last week's episode being the one uh, called The Tragedy, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, and we just didn't think it was going to be a very long episode. It wasn't. 32 minutes, I believe, is what the time stamp was. So everybody was kind of like saying it was going to be a filler. It wasn't going to be a, you know, a, a, a real big deal. And man, were we wrong. Uh, mild warning, spoilers ahead if you haven't seen uh, that episode yet. Uh, but yeah, we were wrong. Holy cow. Like, Boba Fett uh, coming back. I mean, we knew he was going to come back, possibly. We, we, I mean, it could have been just a teaser. But we kind of figured it was going to happen. But to happen in this episode was just amazing. Uh, he kicked so much ass. Like... He was just amazing what he what he accomplished. Uh, the whole thing, uh, Grogu being kidnapped, was just a, uh, it was kind of a. I wish they could have done a better job of that because I mean, I just don't know. Like like, like the jetpack thing. I mean, come on, the Mandalorian. He should have had his jetpack. He should have been able to go grab his jetpack. Like what happened to it? He put it down. And then did it blow up? Did it get stolen? Like, what happened with the jetpack? I, I understand they had to do it for a plot point, but, like, show us it getting blown up. Show us it getting stolen by a stormtrooper. Something. So we at least understand why he didn't come back and go grab it real quick. It was next to a rock. Like, it it didn't make sense. Uh, but, yeah. And then Moff Gideon. I mean, God. And then seeing... Grogu, like, just kick the stormtroopers' asses. Like, that was just, like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, I could just mumble and ramble on forever about that episode. We had, we got so much squeezed into 30 minutes. So much happened. Uh, and these next two episodes, last two episodes of season two are going to be just amazing. I'm sure. Uh, of course, when I release this podcast, the next to last episode will already be out. And, uh, yeah, we will see the setup for the finale, uh, for season two. And I can't wait. I think it's going to be just awesome. But I digress. This is not the Goth Geek Podcast slash Star Wars Podcast. This is just the Goth Geek Podcast. So let's go ahead and jump into our main topic. Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons. I can't even talk. Every episode, I stumble, mumble. Something happens. As you can tell, I'm not a professional. Uh, but I digress. Dungeons and Dragons. The classic role-playing game. Not the oldest role-playing game, but definitely one of the most influential and I'd almost say popular the way things are kind of going lately. It's definitely had a resurgence. Uh, what is... Dungeons and Dragons. So Dungeons and Dragons, or D&D, is a tabletop role-playing game. Pretty simple. We've discussed this before in other episodes briefly when we're talking about board games and card games 
and whatnot. And I said we'd probably do an episode on D&D because of how influential it's been and how popular it is and how it's expanded all over the place. Uh, so it's owned by Witch of the Coast. Basically, if you're not familiar with these types of games, which you might not be, but I feel like, again, it's one of those things where everybody's heard about D&D. You may not know exactly what it's about, but you know at least something. It's kind of common knowledge. Uh, it's a tabletop game where you play as a character. You choose a character, uh, like an elf, uh, and you choose, like, a, uh, with that character, you choose a class, uh, so like a job, basically, uh, and then you go on adventures. Uh, you, like, I have a character, uh, I'm a DM, but I do have a NPC that I have with my party that is a half-elf pirate, basically. Uh, he's a fighter class. Uh, but uh, for homebrew, I've kind of added a, a pirate uh, class to it, um, just just for fun. Uh, and so that's what he is. And he goes on adventures with the party, and they explore the world of D&D, which is a fantasy world, like Lord of the Rings-type uh, world, um, medieval-style. Um, but it's more than that. D&D has really exploded into other territories. There's a lot of... Uh, New stuff with steampunk style uh, tinkering and uh, steam-powered uh, contraptions and whatnot. Uh, there's even guns now in D&D. Uh, and I've even heard of D&D in space. So it's kind of more than just the token uh, fantasy world uh, like it used to be. It was started back in the 70s, so that's kind of what it, where, it, where it really really got its roots um but over the 50 years god has it really been 50 years 1974 75 yeah 50 years uh we're close to it uh so yeah i mean over those uh 50 or so years 40 or so years uh it's really exploded um i got into it at version 3.5, which is the more common version uh, most people have really gotten into. That was around 2003, um, but it's been around a lot longer. As a kid, my brothers played it, uh, my older brothers, and so I've kind of had it around always, and they played the original uh, basic set from 1977, uh, was the really first version, um, mass-produced. Uh, so... It's a uh, 42 years, 43 years based off that one. So 74 originally, but 77 was the basic set, the first real version. So yeah, about 43 years. So not 50, I apologize. So about, so 43 years, that's still a long time. Uh, but so I'm, I'm familiar with that version. Uh, I'm more familiar with advanced D&D as a very little kid, my older brothers played it and I kind of watched, uh, I did buy a set of the second version, uh, basic set back in the eighties when I was, when I was probably nine or 10 and I had no one to play with. I had no idea why I bought it, but I used my allowance money and bought the red box, like $20, uh, starter set. And I remember looking through it and thinking it was so cool and like awesome. And, no one wanted to play. <laughs> I had no one to play with. So it kind of put it to the side. 
Uh, and then I got back into it uh, in my 20s and 30s, and then I took, took a long break uh, from 3.5, and now 5th edition's out. Uh, I played 4th edition once. 4th edition, everyone kind of hated, or most people hated, because it involved miniatures, um, a really heavy miniatures uh, gameplay, and uh, people weren't really happy with that. And then 5th edition came out, and that's where we're at now. So that was kind of a really messy version. If you want to get the real history, you can see tons of documentaries on Dungeons and Dragons. You can get books in the library about the history of D and D. Um, but it's basically a fantasy world role-playing game. I mean, there's tons out there. There's a star Wars role-playing game where you get to be pretend you can pretend to be a Jedi or a rogue, uh, scoundrel like Han Solo or, uh, you know, a mercenary like Boba Fett Mandalorian. Um, there's role-playing games for basically everything. It seems like these days, uh, you know, and there are role-playing games that came out even before D&D, um, or around the same time as D&D, uh, like Palladium, uh, is something that I have played, and it's a lot more detailed than D Dungeons & Dragons, like, it takes hours to make a character, and if you have a good GM, Game Master, then it can be a lot of fun, but it's very detailed. But D&D is really something, again, that everybody knows about. So why am I talking about it on here, besides the fact that it is a geeky thing? Well, it's also a very goth thing. You can play characters like uh, necromancers. Uh, you can play evil characters, though it's a lot harder to do. Uh, neutral characters. Um, good characters that pretend to be evil and vice versa. Or evil characters that pretend to be good. You get to basically be whatever you want to be. There's vampires in it. You can be a vampire. Um, and it's just a really fun way of one if you're into acting at all or pretending still as an adult <laughs> uh it's a great way to do that it's a great way to be somebody else it's kind of like cosplay in that in that idea um it's just a cool escape uh you could you know pretend to be a different character pretend for a little bit not to be yourself uh and be this other person who's much more dashing and daring and leaps over things and saves people or, you know, murders people or, you know, and, uh, you know, steals the gold, uh, fights the dragon, whatever. Uh, and that's just a really cool thing that people enjoy doing. Uh, you know, uh, the goth equivalent, <clears throat> I think almost every goth knows is white wolf publishing, uh, vampire, the masquerade, uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, uh, there was also Changeling, which I, don't, I never played that one, uh, but those three, and those were in the 90s, and that was like 90s mall goth, like the epitome of what a lot of goths played. So those games uh, were similar, a different uh, system than Dungeons & Dragons, but as far as pretending, pretending to be something... Uh, that you weren't. In this case, a vampire, a werewolf, or a mage, a uh, wizard, basically. And D&D &D is like that, but where uh, White Wolf Publishing's books were set in the modern world, which was, in a lot of ways, easier to manage, um, Dungeon & Dragons is set in the fantasy world. You create the world. Or the, the DM, the Dungeon Master, or GM, 
is the one who creates the world. So they can choose worlds that are already pre-made uh, in the Dungeons & Dragons lore, which is so many things. So many things out there. It's a little insane how much stuff is out there for Dungeons & Dragons uh, D&D. Uh, or if your DM is creative enough, they can create their own world uh, and from scratch and have its own pantheon of gods and uh, countries or kingdoms or what have you. And they make the rules as far as the technology goes. And so the idea of any of these role-playing games is the DM or GM creates the setting, they create the adventure, uh, as one uh, DM put it uh, on a podcast I like to listen to, they, they write a script. It's like a movie script or a, or a rough layout of a book. And so there's plot points and chapters and, you know, uh, the characters have to get to this point. And it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure, but more so because you're playing it out, you're acting it out. Uh, so, you know, if just going really basic here, you know, you investigate the local town hires you and your group to investigate some murders or investigate some grave robbery or something. And so you have to go out and figure it out. And the GM and DM or DM have this already planned out. These scenarios planned out that they, they try to plan for everything. They they don't. Sometimes the players surprise them. But they try to plan out for everything, uh, every scenario, and then that way if you go, okay, well, I choose this direction, or I do this, or I ask this character this question, or this NPC non-player character, which you're also maybe familiar with in video games, um, then, you know, the DM goes, okay, I have that scenario set up. If you ask them this question, this is what the information they give you, and you do what that information. So you still have free will, <clears throat> but... The DM or GM is trying to push you in a certain direction or multiple directions. If it's a, if it's a good DM, then they have multiple scenarios uh, to give you more freedom. Um, if not, then you might throw them for a loop and they might have to think on the fly. I am the kind of DM who thinks on the fly. I do not plan my games, my sessions very well at all. I'm just not that type of person. Uh, and I'm still learning 5th edition. Uh, it's been a decade since I played. Like I said, it was 3.5 when I played, which those different versions have changed quite a bit uh, on certain things. And so, and back then I only played, I wasn't a DM uh, Dungeon Master back when I played, you know, 10, 15 years ago at this point. So, yeah, I'm still learning. And I just, I, I enjoy thinking on the fly and coming up with what's going to happen. It gets me excited because I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, my players, for the most part, enjoy that. Uh, there's still a learning curve because they're new players too. But anyway, so that's how you play. <clears throat> and that's how it's set up. And so it can be really fun. It's a great way to hang out with your friends. Uh, and I know during COVID you can't do that in person. But that's why Zoom meetings are <laughs> a great option. Uh, there's a plethora of online uh like Roll20 um, and uh, RPG Simulator, that where you can play online uh, and meet up with your friends virtually and play a game. And it's not exactly the same, <clears throat> but with the vaccine coming out, uh, you know, hopefully this time next year, people will be able to start playing in person again. Uh, and so it's, it's a way to socialize. 
It's a way to hang out with your friends. It's it's a great way to just escape and be somebody that you want to be, you wish you could be. Uh, whenever I played, I always played uh, evil characters as much as I could. It's really hard to play an evil character sometimes because you're evil. And so it's, you, it's going against your nature if you're, you know, too evil or if you're too good. Uh, so you kind of have to be careful of that. But at the same time, you know, I mean... It's like a video game in the aspect that, you know, you can kind of do whatever you want. And there's consequences. But, you know, in real life, you can go to jail for those, consequ- for those consequences. On the ga- in the game, you know, you can still go to jail possibly. But it's more of a fun fantasy aspect to it uh, for those crimes you might commit. Or even if it's not crimes, maybe you're just really wanting to pretend uh, to be, you know, a blacksmith or something. I mean... There's a thing like that. People love to play World of Warcraft and Harvest Moon and other video games like that. And that's all they do is they just live a fantasy world, <laughs> a quiet fantasy life. Um, so that is a, technically an option, though. It would be kind of boring. Uh, but that's that's the, the appeal to it. And that's why I think it's kind of a goth geek topic that we should be ta- discussing and that you should really look into. Uh there's plenty of resources out there. It doesn't take a lot of money to play D and D anymore. Uh, back in the day, uh, you know, you had to buy a book and either and photocopy the character sheets and or find them online for free and build to print them out if you had a printer. And it could cost some money. You know, I mean. It's the truth. The, the the player's handbook is like fifty bucks full retail. You can find it for you can sometimes find it for cheaper or used at a used bookstore if you're lucky, um, and if it's the right version you're looking for. But nowadays, you can download the basic rules online with basic characters and classes. You can buy a set of dice for still relatively cheap, um, or heck, you can even download a dice simulator emulator. Uh, virtual dice, basically, especially if we're going to be doing it online right now, and that's it. And then you can, you know, there's there's apps you can download for free or pay a dollar or two, and you know, you, it does all the math for you for building your character, um, you know. And so it's just super easy right now to get into Dungeons and Dragons. It's super easy and super cheap. And if you do decide that you want to get the book, the the full player's handbook or Dungeon Master Guide or Monster Manual. Again, I say support small business if you can afford it, but Amazon has these books on sale all the time. Uh, right now, the Player's Handbook is a really good deal. It's like $23, $22.95, I think, is the last time I checked. Um, normally, again, $50. Bucks. Uh, if you go to a used bookstore, you might be able to find a copy um, of the of fifth edition, and it might be a little bit less, uh, which can be fun on its own. Or other websites like eBay. And again, if you go out, wear masks and all that. And, you know, be safe. Be very careful. But, you know, down the road, you can definitely do that. You can order those things. Uh, and that way you have a physical copy. But it's just a great time. I mean, Wizards of the Coast took over. It used to be owned by Tor back in the day. Or, or TSR, pardon me. I always... They're both T names. TSR. Tor is the company that... uh. uh publishes books like uh like reading books uh tsr uh was the original company and then Woods of the coast uh bought them 
And Wizards of the Coast, as you know, is the company that started off with uh, Magic the Gathering. And it's kind of a... It's a snowball thing, because Wizards of the Coast is now a subsidiary of Hasbro, which is a huge company, as we all know. Huge toy and game company. Um, so it's not exactly small potatoes anymore for Wizards of the Coast. But they have given out plenty of free resources online for character, uh, for character creation and uh, for new players and new DMs. And they're just really good at doing that and then there's websites that have expansions that you know aren't D aren't Wizards of the Coast official things but they still are 5th edition or 4th or edition or whatever edition you're playing for Dungeons & Dragons approved and will work and again they're free or a few dollars and so it's just a really great time to get into this if you're if you're interested if you're looking for a great escape right now uh, a new hobby to get into and unlike Magic the Gathering or other card games, um, you know, you don't have to keep collecting, you know. It's not that kind of thing. You you just buy your stuff, and then you're good. Uh, or you download your stuff, in this case, and you're good. Um, and then there's even boards out there where you can, you know, find other players looking for a group to play with. Uh, or you can try to get your friends involved. I've, I've got to have a couple different friends who have done that. They've just started... Uh, with a new DM and brand new players and they just kind of cracked it open and started fresh uh, right from, you know, from the scratch. And I've had other people who, you know, jumped into existing groups that were established. Uh, before COVID, you could go to any comic book shop and they would usually have a D&D group uh, on Wednesdays. That was That's the big thing. You know, Friday Night Magic is a thing for Wizards of the Coast at most comic book shops or gaming shops. Uh, and then for Dungeons & Dragons, D&D, it was like Wednesday night D&D uh, for beginners or <clears throat> introduction, pardon me, to D&D. Uh, with COVID, that's kind of gone out the window. But again, because of COVID, there's a plethora of online groups, you know, looking for players, and they range from all skill levels. And, I mean, you can get into, you can get it really deep, uh, as far as like role play goes, you know, you can dress like your character, which is kind of like LARPing, which is live action role play, which isn't really active right now with the COVID uh, virus and pandemic whatnot. But uh, that's a whole other potatoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say potatoes, potatoes. Um, so we're not going to really get into that. If you're interested in live action someday, <clears throat> look it up. But if you're a beginner uh, uh, and you're interested in anything I've just said, look it up, do some research. It's a lot of fun. Um, some DMs, you know, will play music. There's actually even audio files you can download for, you know, ambiance and whatnot. There's candles you can buy, which is kind of crazy, but, you know, make it smell like a tavern or make it smell like a, a dungeon or a crypt or, you know, all for the ambiance of the role play atmosphere. Um so you can really get into it if you really want to and get kind of crazy with it. And there's custom dice because it's a dice-based game uh, where you have to roll when you attack with a d20. Um, but again, I'm, I'm talking about more about the role-play aspects of why you anybody listening to this podcast who's a goth or a geek might want to get into it or a goth geek uh, would want to get into D&D. So I think I'm going to kind of end it there. I hope I've given you at least a little bit of information about Dungeons & Dragons. I hope 
I've enticed you, if you've never heard of D&D, to look into it more. And if you've already heard it and you already play it, I hope you at least are kind of nodding at least once or twice about the things I've said and uh, aren't too upset. Let me know, though. Uh, you can always DM us at uh, Facebook or Twitter about uh, the topic and about D&D. Do you play? Who do you play with? Do you play a different role-playing game? Like I mentioned you know, Star Wars earlier, Palladium... Uh, Masquerade and Werewolf and all those games. There's a Firefly Serenity role-playing game. There's a Dresden Files game. Uh, yeah. So there's a ton of role-playing games, like I said earlier. Uh, there's a My Little Pony role-playing game. And I am not going to lie, I'm interested. Like, My Little Pony is not exactly something I watch, but the idea that there's a role-playing game for it that like you that you role play as a My Little Pony character that you like created like that's that's weird and like I don't know how I feel about it but I, I like I've seen the book a few times and I've been wanting to like buy it but it's just I don't want to spend money on a book that I'm not going to actually use <laughs> if that makes any sense uh, maybe there's a digital copy I haven't looked um, but yeah it's intriguing I guess the best way to put it like it's just one of those things that's just weird enough for me to go hmm, maybe I should look into this just to see what it's all about. I'm not a brony or anything by any means. But, I digress. Again, there's a lot of role-playing games out there. Tell me what you play. Tell us what you play. Uh, what, what, what's your character class? Uh, you know, are you lawful good, lawful evil? How long have you played? What's your favorite character? You know, that's another thing about D&D is you have lots of characters that you play over the years um, that you get into and you kind of fall in love with those characters and then, you know, either that campaign stops, you get too high level, or, uh, which we didn't even discuss, leveling or any of that stuff on this. Um, and so you have to stop or your character dies and so you have to re-roll a new one. You know, what's your favorite, what was your favorite character that you've played, that you've been? Mine has been my my pirate. It wasn't D&D, &D, it was Palladium. Uh, the half-elf. I've dragged him from Palladium over to D&D as my NPC uh, for my players. But uh, his name is Captain Glavik, and I loved that character. I took that character and literally converted an entire campaign from one direction into the other, to the point where the GM, the Game Master, actually had to stop for the night and go, okay, I have to change this campaign completely because you've gotten everybody on board on getting ships and being pirates. And it was awesome. That's all I can say. I basically converted the entire uh, party into the idea of, going, of being pirates. And so he had to like stop the game and rewrite his campaign. And I felt bad about it, but also it was pretty epic knowing that I did that. That my character was just that charismatic and that we were doing this because of my character. And so I missed that, so I brought him over to D&D. So he, he is one of my favorite characters. Um... But what about you? Let me know. Uh, that's all for now, though. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, as we get closer and closer to the holidays. I'm not sure what the next topics are going to be. I'm thinking maybe books. I don't know if that's something people are interested in or not. Um, there's a lot of news I could probably be sharing and discussing my opinions about if people actually care. But I think books. Books are a lot of fun. Uh, most people are avid readers these days, especially if you're a geeky person, a gothy person, you're 
probably into reading something, comic books, manga, sci-fi, fantasy, The Dresden Files is one of my favorites. But we'll go into that more uh, maybe next week. Till then, have a great week, and thanks for listening.